without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by professional better Raheem Palmer, who is still salty about the Los Angeles Clippers losing that game last night, and Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst, who will not shut up about all the things he was right about in our preseason thing because we did a stupid scoring system that we're never going to do again. Today, we are going to break down the Eastern Conference NBA playoffs first round series. We're going to give you best bets on how to approach these series from the variety of props available. We will break down in detail uh, what we're looking for in these games, as well as a little bit of of topic on game one and how we're going to play those. We will do all of this. All of our content will be available in the award-winning Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, follow where the bets and money are going, as you would have, you know, if you pay attention to such things, you would have seen that the bets were coming in on the Clippers and the money was coming in on the Wolves. And you would have done what I did, which is after our Monday show, which came out on Tuesday, I flippity flopped and went back over to the Wolves. Uh, I bet the Wolves pretty strongly to balance out my, my bet on the Clippers. Had a really, really good Tuesday night. Uh, my, I just had a really good Tuesday night. Uh, and that wasn't part of it was because I, I managed, I, once I did the deep dive, I did the game guide. This is a good example of how like we talked about these games on Monday and then we did the deep dive and came back and we're like, oh, no, I'm on the other side. So always uh, keep up with the app to track those things. Raheem, I want to ask you this question. You were on Clippers. I gave you on Heat Check yesterday the argument for the Wolves. I could tell you were getting a little rattled. I could tell you were getting a little nervous because you said like all the sharp people are on the Wolves in this one. You stuck with the Clippers. Do you think you had the cap right? I do think I had the cap right in the sense that Look, you had a team getting plus three. You had them get plus money. And for large portions of that game, they dominated. They took Carl Anthony Towns out of the game. That's something I expected. I feel like they shot the three really well. But at the same time, I was wrong on how much they wouldn't turn the ball over. Like, the the T-Wolves won that game with turnovers in defense. Yeah. And, I mean, for me, I think, more often than not, if you hold Carl Anthony Towns to 11 points and three of 11 shooting and you have him fouling out early, you're going to win that game. And I think it's even crazier because they probably win that game if he doesn't foul out. Yeah. So I just think I, I caught a bad break, but maybe the Sharps were right on it. I mean, the, the Timberwolves are – they were at home where they've been dominant all year long. So I probably would take that bet again. I feel good about being on the Wolves by the end of it. And the reason I'll tell you is – um, like you're, you're saying, like they took out Carl Anthony Towns. How often are they going to take out Towns to that degree? Like how many times out of 10 are they going to get a minus 15 out of cat, out of cat? Like yeah. with those kind of numbers, like Clippers play well, right? Like well enough to win in a one game environment for sure. I, that game felt to me like they got every single, the Clippers got every single break, like yeah. loose balls, foul calls. God, that officiating crew was a Scott Foster. Ed Malloy, like literally, Ed Malloy, he had a wire. Avon Barksdale, can we do it over? By rem- I've never seen anybody remove a tent from somebody mid game. So wild. Uh, but at the end of it, the Wolves come out on top. Congratulations to, I guess, Brandon. You were never as much of a believer as I was, but congratulations to your kind of Minnesota Timberwolves on the win. 
Yeah, I, I'm glad that you guys commented on the refs. I'll just leave that to you. But uh, we won five on eight. We'll take the win. We may have won four on eight. I'm not sure if Carl Anthony showed up for that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, there's a lot of talk on Twitter last night about like, oh, act like you've been here before. Come on and celebrate. Like, we haven't been here before. The Timberwolves haven't been here before. This literally is the second postseason win in franchise history without Kevin Garnett. Okay. You get to celebrate. So the good thing is you get the seventh seed. Yeah. They're, they're going to be more postseason wins. Now you, you lose that game. And at least for the wolves, I think your DOA against the Suns. we'll, we'll get there later with Clippers or whoever else comes out, but this, this leaves the door open. We'll, we'll talk about wolves later, but it's a huge win. Huge for Anthony Edwards to come through with Towns watching on the sideline. He had that the big dunk when uh, the Clippers just kind of lost their minds on defense for that one play and the, yeah. the seas parted. Uh, the thing that I got wrong in this game, uh, Raheem, I think, too. I'll go Raheem on this. Tyron Lue, asleep yes. at the wheel. Asleep yes. at the wheel. Yes. I, I almost came into our slack at halftime to say it, but I want to jinx it. But he, he took way too long to get to the small ball lineup early when they couldn't score. And then he didn't, did not know what to like. It's like they spent the entire game plan planning away Carl Anthony Towns, nailed it. And then we're like, wait, he's out. What do we do? And they yeah. didn't know what to do after yeah. that. Yeah. Towns, Chris Finch was awesome. T- Towns goes out and he sticks, he goes, see, this is the thing. And it's just so funny. He goes, Towns goes out and he goes, we have them now. We will keep with the Mark Marcus Morris small ball lineup. No one beats the Marcus Morris small ball lineup. I am so smart. I'm the best coach of the new Phil Jackson. <laughs> no, man. Go back to zoo. What are you doing? You have Nas yeah. Reed in there. Kill them on the glass. What are you doing? Uh, that that was that not the ultimate ball don't lie. Marcus Marcus Morris should not have been in the game. No. He got technical out yeah. of the game, and then they were like, oh, shoot, we forgot. We already gave him one. Well, <laughs> let's just keep him in then, and then he cost them the game late. Yeah. Well, Patrick Beverly made the big plays and came through for the team. Not, like, yeah, not, a, not, not a great night for, for old yeah. Tyron there. Yeah, definitely wasn't. All right, let's, uh, let's get started, though. We'll uh, go to the other game quick because we are talking Eastern Conference today. Uh, Brooklyn Nets take care of business versus the, the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. Predictably, the Cavs cover. After all that, our slack was fucking hilarious because in the first half, the Nets are up double digits. And Raheem says, God, why didn't we all just bet the Nets? What are we doing? Most, like, I just don't bet the square plays. I'm so dumb. The, Nets, the Nets actually didn't cover. They didn't cover. They were plus seven. No, they were eight and a half. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The Cavs covered. Oh, the Cavs covered. I thought you said the Yeah, the Cavs covered. Okay. Halftime. Halftime, Raheem says, I'm thinking about Cavs second half. And then he tries the, like, victory lap on both when I was like, you were just saying this was toast. What are you doing? You can't be like, oh, man, we should have bet the Nets and it loses and then try and victory lap. Um, <laughs> look, the Nets took care of business. The Cavs don't have enough offense. This is pretty clear. The fact that the Nets were did not cover this game, though, to me is, like, an indication you can't trust this team. Like, yeah, we, we could talk. The good thing about the series prices is going to be that's overall, right? Yeah. But you can't count the nets out. You can't count the nets in. You can't count on the nets. Like, they are too inconsistent. They have not been able to do this stuff. I don't think, Brandon, we need to like break down this game in detail, given 
Like the Cavs didn't have Jared Allen and Lamar Stevens had to play a lot. Like yeah. that's that to me is like at, at where this gets to. Um, but that does lead us into our first Eastern Conference series preview, which is whew, Brooklyn Nets taking on the Boston Celtics. The lines on this series are hilarious. I've seen plus 130 Nets. I've seen minus 150 Nets. I've seen plus 115 Celtics. I've seen minus 125 Celtics. I haven't taken a look as of this morning at where this thing is kind of correlated at. Bet Rivers has got it. Celtics minus 157, Nets plus 128. I'll look up uh, the Superbook right now. I guess like here's like the there was a opportunity last night if you wanted to. I don't think it's there this morning. There was an opportunity last night to hedge to to basically do arbitrage here where you can yeah. get value plus money on both sides. Um, the books don't know what to do with this game or the series. They do not know what to do with the series whatsoever. Um, let's start with Brandon. I guess like from the from the starting point, what's your what's your initial gut reaction? on this series? Like what's your like impulse? And then we can get into how to bet it. My initial impulse is that the nets that we saw last night, that's the team. That's who they are. That that's who the nets are. Like, I'm not, this is not a takeaway from last night. Like this changed my outlook. This is just, it confirmed. It's my confirmation bias. That's the team. They, when guess what, when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant literally hit every single shot in the first half, then we're going to be like, Oh my God, the nets, they're amazing. They're never going to lose to anyone. And then the rest of the game happens and they don't defend. They give up all these easy looks and then it gets close. And then they're like, Oh, well, Durant just made three ISO buckets in a row and Bruce Brown threw a couple of roll assists. And then they won easily again. Oh, but they didn't cover cause they didn't run. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's who the nets are. They just, you look at the profile of the team, and it just is the profile of a play-in team. They just don't do that much well. Like if you if you look at like the four factors type stuff, they don't shoot threes. They're third fewest in the NBA on threes. They don't get to the line that much. They're not good at rebounding. They don't force turnovers. They foul a lot on defense. None of the defensive metrics are good. And I know all the season long metrics, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It doesn't matter entirely because we're going to get more KD. We're going to get more Kyrie. The team is different. But what materially changes about the Nets? Like what changes is they're going to make more shots. Yes. But nothing else. Like nothing else changes about this team. They're just, to me, they're not good enough. And I am willing to credit Kevin Durant and give them, like they're not going to get swept. That they're, they're going to win a game or two. But I think that's it. I don't think they have much of a chance to win the series. I'm I'm all over the Celtics here. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Raheem. Okay. You know, when they opened up this line, I mean, Caesars opened up the Nets at, they actually opened up the Celtics as plus 115, which was just absolutely mind boggling. <laughs> Obviously, we saw these two teams play on a Sunday afternoon ABC game, and the Celtics were laying six. My motto puts this game at like Celtics minus seven. So, and I mean, those are second half season number with Katie and Kyrie. And I think one of the concerning things last night is we saw that they really couldn't survive the Durantless minutes against the Cavs. So against a better team in the Celtics, how do you survive those minutes? Now, I do think this is going to be a tough series. The Celtics should win. It's probably going to be a six game series because 
we all know that the Celtics, they have problems scoring at times. You can, you can zone them up and you can see – you can zone them up and then they can just miss. They can go on four-minute stretches without scoring. But the Celtics, I mean, their defense, best in the league, you don't have to completely shut down KD and Kyrie. That's not going to happen. But if you can reduce their efficiency, which is what the Celtics are going to be able to do and, and make other guys beat you, I, I think the Celtics win this series. And I think it's a gift being able to, to, to buy the Celtics at the prices that you have out there currently. Yeah, one thing, too, about the Nets, like so often in the playoffs, we know what happens. Durant and Kyrie, those sort of players go from like 33 minutes a game to suddenly playing 40. And you're like, oh, well, it turns out those minutes without them didn't matter that much anymore. They're already doing that. Like they already basically maxed out what the team is. They don't get to add those extra seven or eight Durant minutes. They're already doing that. They had to do that just to beat the Cavs, the team that we were dumping on the first half on Slack because they're just not good enough to be here in the playoffs. And they like survived late against them. So I, I don't know if the upside on this team is what we have given it credit for the whole season. They just haven't got there enough. You know, one thing I want to add to that point is that, look, we've been seeing Katie and Kyrie play 40 minutes for quite some time. And at some point, these guys are going to gas out. I don't want to make too much of the Ramadan thing. I know Kyrie is playing heavy minutes and he's fasting, but that could be an issue. And I mean, we know Kevin Durant's playing huge minutes right now. So, and these are ISO players. So if this gets to a six, seven game series, I just don't see them holding up. And the longer the series goes, the schedule is rough too. I think this, this starts slow. There's a lot of rest early. And then I think like games four to seven, is just like every two days, every two days, it could be rough on the Nets late. So, um, is uh is this where I say that I like the nuts? <laughs> this is where you say it. Let's hear the case. Okay. Uh, so Raheem mentioned that game. I think that there's a lot of overreaction to that last matchup. I think that that that's. I think we get a real recency bias because that was a Sunday afternoon highlight marquee game where Tatum goes for 54 points on 16 of 30 and hit eight threes in that game tatum goes for 54 they win by six that's how to lead it's it's kind of the the nets game from last night it's the other direction of it so that to me is like it took 54 and this was close at the end i have a little bit of concern about the celtics offense having enough firepower they've been a really good efficient offense over those last two months totally get it 100% no question like not not doubting it my question I think on if we're gonna like go down this road though is like okay how much of that has to do with their ability to get stops and run off them because they do have an elite defense but the Nets do render that kind of the problem with the Nets is you can't like there's not like a scheme option for it it's just like you do what you do and then like Katie and Kyrie kill you or they don't right like they're just gonna do what they do and Kyrie didn't shoot well in that game. And Kyrie honestly hasn't shot well except last night. Like Kyrie recently, like if you look at the numbers, has not shot well as of late. Uh, Boston got its half-court offense all the way up to fourth. Guys, after being middle of the pack for much of the season, got it up to fourth. Much of that is just like they are 12th in isolation. They are great at spot-ups. They create a lot of cuts. Like they create easy stuff. But that's stuff that gets schemed out in the playoffs when everybody's locked in. I've talked constantly about how I don't trust this Nets defensive front court. 
But without Time Lord, I think Drummond's a problem. Like, can Tatum attack Andre Drummond? Sure. Sure, 100%. Can Brown attack Andre Drummond? Yep. That's definitely a thing you can do. Do you have a dominant guard that can attack? That, that's what you want versus Drummond is you want Chris Paul. They don't have Chris Paul. They have Derek White and Marcus Smart. Nets defense has been better than expected recently. They've actually been, over the last three weeks, they're sixth in defensive rating. I don't know how, but they're doing it. They do have options. If the Celtics go small, right, they can play Nick Claxton. If they go big with Daniel Tice, they do have Drummond. Like, Horford will probably struggle with, the, with getting rebounds. Offensive rebounds are going to be an issue. Like, Drummond was big last night, right, versus a team that was wiry and long. Um, and ultimately, like, what this basically comes down to is Boston has been this juggernaut over the last three months of the season. I get nervous when you ride a hot streak like this. I worry that you peak too early. If the number was Celtics at a minus, like it is at some spots, then sure, I think there's value on Boston. But I can get a number of things here. Uh, Celtics, here's what's crazy. Like DraftKings has this Celtics plus one and a half games, minus 215. Nets minus one and a half games, plus 170. Like they're, this thing is capped extremely, extremely close. I can get plus 110 nets at DraftKings. I can get plus 115 nets. I can get, here's, here is the big one. Bet Rivers has plus 128, okay? I'm getting over a quarter of value on Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, the best player in the series at Bet Rivers. I think this needs this line needs to be minus one ten either way. Like that's my thing. If I if the if you get the net at the Celtics at a plus number, I think there's value on the Celtics. If you get the Nets at a plus number, I think there's value on the Nets. Thoughts, Brandon? Yeah, uh, let me let's go back to the offense a little bit because I wanted to bring that up. The Celtics offense. So I was looking into some of the numbers here since January 29th. That that's the hot stretch. That's the Celtics 26 and six during that stretch. And three of those losses, by the way, are by three points or less. So they could be 29 and three. I I will push back a little bit on the, did they peak too early thing? You literally said that a month ago and then like the next week and the next week, and they've kept not peaking too early for a whole extra month. So. Oh, they've tailed off a little bit though. They have tailed off a little bit. So that's what I want to talk about. So since January 29th, so during the hot stretch, they have the number one defense in the league. We know that. We know that that's what they've been good at. They're closer they're further ahead of number two on defense than second is from 14th. So they're basically as far ahead of every, even the best, second best team in the NBA as that team is from average. However, we all, we talked about this. Zach Lowe did a thing on it. It was on like all the other podcasts. Robert Williams was the big switch. The thing that really fired up the elite, elite defense. Not that they're bad defense, but since Time Lord went out, they dropped to seventh in defensive rating, seventh in defensive effective field goal percentage. Still very good, but closer to what they had been the rest of the season. And like you said, Matt, not elite, elite, hyper elite, so that they're getting all these stops and, and runouts and easy buckets. So we know the defense has been good. Here's what worries me. Since January 29th, the hot stretch, they also have the number one offense in the league, 120.7 offensive rating. They lead the league in that span in true shooting. They lead the league in effective field goal percentage. 
Is the Celtics team a team that seems like it should be leading the league in shooting percentage with the diet of shots they get? And here's, here's the counterpoint to that question. So they're number one since January 29th. Guess what rating they were on effective field goal percentage before January 29th. What number would you guess for the previous part of the season? What were they after? Say it to me again. They're number one after. So I'm just looking for a ranking. What ranking for, for the season before this hot stretch? 17th 23rd Woo-hoo. and 22nd in offensive rating so before the hot stretch they were 25 and 25 overall they're fourth on defense they're 22nd on offense 23rd in effective field goal so my question that i have to ask myself is were they that bad 23rd probably not quite but are they this good number one that 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 doesn't pass the smell test to me so then that's the concern. Okay, so Boston's defense isn't going to be hyper elite. Robert Williams is out. They're going to be good, but not we can do it just with our defense good. And if the offense also isn't as good as they look, then like my takeaway doing the deep dive on Boston preparing for the playoffs is kind of what you're concluding, which is I'm not sure that they're this crazy eating machine that they've looked like. It's just that I think my takeaway in Brooklyn is lower than yours. Like, I agree that I think Boston is maybe a little more vulnerable than we're giving them credit for. I just don't think Brooklyn is the team to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough just because the question kind of gets to, if you look at Celtics offense versus Nets defense, there's an edge there on the Celtics defense based off of the fact that the Nets are kind of two-dimensional, but they have so much shooting that it's, Okay. Uh, if you look at the Celtics offense versus the Nets defense, there should be an edge on the Celtics offense, but the Nets are kind of like surprisingly good. I don't, I think the series is, here's the thing. If the number, again, if this is minus 110 either way, I'm not betting it. Like, I just think the series is close. And so the way to bet it very specifically is whoever's getting plus money, I think you should bet. Like, I just think that, that these two teams are, I don't, I, let me ask you, well, let me ask you this. Okay. If you think that there's a definite edge, you can get, um, this is what's, what's this by the way is, is nuts. Uh, Celtics minus one and a half is available at bet MGM at plus one fifty five. If you think the Celtics win and it doesn't go seven games. Yeah. I can do you one better here. Okay. Okay. Cause I had that angle too. I was like, okay, so I have to bet the Celtics because Mm -hmm. for me personally, and you're going to disagree with it, but for me, I have the Celtics like over 70% to win the series. So I have to bet the Celtics. That's fine. Yeah. So minus 130 DraftKings. Okay. It's not high enough. So then I was like, okay, bet the minus 1.5. Same thing. I don't want it to go to game seven. I don't want Kevin Durant to game seven. No, thank you. I will uh, prefer, I mean, it is in Boston. I think Boston's home court is far more, you know, helpful than Brooklyn's whatever it would be, but I'd rather stay away from game seven. Also, I don't really give Boston much of a chance of a sweep. I wouldn't completely be stunned out of my mind because it's a much better team, but I'm going to give Durant at least a game. I'll give Durant and Kyrie at least a game. So now I've narrowed down and instead, even better than minus 1.5 at plus 155, I can just play Celtics in five and Celtics in six. I can get Celtics in five at plus 550, Celtics in six at plus 450. And I'm basically getting Boston in either four or five at an implied plus 250 now. 
So I think that that's 29% implied. And I don't, I don't get a Celtics sweep. I don't get Celtics in seven, but I don't really feel like those are strongly in play. Now I'm getting a pretty healthy Celtics advantage. What do you think about that? That's a DraftKings? Uh, I what think that's at? an MGM. Okay, MGM, I've got Celtics in five at plus 400 and Celtics in six at plus 450. Yeah, I forget. Yes. It might be a points bet. I, it's it's, it's DK's one of the major got it. DK's got it. Uh, Celtics 4-1 is plus 550 uh celtics in six is plus 550 so that's gotta be it Um, yeah i think that's uh it might have been it might have been sorry i usually write these down it might have been like one at one book and one at the other yeah that's fine that's fine um i don't like i don't mind it i guess like here's the thing it's just like are you gonna hedge on on brooklyn if you get to game six yeah, that's, I mean, you have the opportunity. So that's, that's one reason why it's not the worst bet. Cause you have Brooklyn. I, I don't really care that Brooklyn's at home in game six. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help Brooklyn to me other than that. It doesn't help Boston. I, I think it helps Boston to play at home. I don't think it really matters. Like it's a neutral court to me in Brooklyn. I, I will say this. The one thing that makes me maybe wait on this and maybe this should make me reevaluate is do we think the Celtics go up 2-0 in the series? Because if they don't, and if Durant steals one of the first two games, then we're surely going to get a much better number on the Celtics because now the Nets have stolen home court advantage. So should we, if, if we like the Celtics, should we wait? I don't think so. I think, your, I think your value goes way down on the Celtics if they lose game one. You lose home court advantage versus Boston, versus the Nets, and they have the better player. Do you want to yeah. be betting into a series where you've already <laughs> lost a game and they've taken home court? Like game one winners win percentage is way high. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, there's now there's a spot for that, which we'll talk about tomorrow that I want. Yeah. I, like, there's a spot where I want the I want the game one loss and to bet them, but it's not this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Matt, and, and maybe I missed this um, with my technical difficulties. You're not interested in playing the Celtics in the series at all. Because I know you you talk highly about not liking the Nets, so he said that he's the, in if he can get a plus number on it. Okay, like here's here's my thing, Raheem. It should be minus one ten either way. Like gotcha. this, this series should be minus one ten either way. Like, and if we take out the vig, like it should be it should be pick them. This is a pick them series. Like, I'm sorry, they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They still have Patty Mills and Seth Curry. They still have Andre Drummond, who is a viable big. Nick Claxton's given them good minutes. Bruce Brown's been good. On the other side, it's like the Celtics are talked about as this dynamite team. Tatum's been an MVP level, no doubt, but that's like KD, right? Like I'll give the edge to KD over Tatum. Sorry, that's it's Kevin Durant. Uh, second best player is Jalen Brown versus Marcus Smart. Jalen's inconsistent. Kyrie's a space cadet. Okay, kind of a wash. Third best player, Marcus Smart versus... Yeah, that's where we get the trouble. But even then, the Celtics all the way down, it's like Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Derek White, the supporting cast here are real questionable. Um, Brandon, I got one more for you on the, on the price here. Uh, Celtics minus one and a half. This might be easier and not have to worry. I, you can do the math. I think it's probably going to work out roughly the same given yeah. your cost on the, the plus numbers. You can get Celtics minus one and a half at plus 145. And you can yeah. and you can take Celtics minus two and a half at plus 300 at Bet Rivers. Yeah, you can get the minus one and a half. I've seen that plus 155. The, the math... 
the the reason I liked my combo better is because the math comes out to basically plus two fifty on okay. my way is just that you lose the four and the seven. So it, okay. if if you want to keep the Celtics and seven option open, and that might be it might be a good idea. You get the home game seven. Home game seven teams are like eighty percent win rate. So if if you think if you think that the series is going to be close, but the Celtics pull out the win, then I think you should bet you know bet the minus one and a half then. Wait, no, you don't even get game seven then. Minus one and a half, you yeah. lose the bet if it goes seven, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's no yeah. good. Yeah. So you you don't want to bet the minus one and a half because all you're losing by doing it my way is the Celtics sweep. And I just I feel like that's disrespectful to Kevin Durant. I'm not gonna get there. Two other quick questions I have on this. First question: Kyrie Irving has to be the blank best player for the Nets to win the series in the series. Fourth. Really? Yeah. Because I, to, to me, I think that he has to be the second best player. I think if he's anything less than the second best player, I don't think they win the series. And that's where I get stuck because I think he is the fourth best. I think the Nets, I think if the Nets get the games from Patty Mills and Seth Curry, you got enough. If you're trading the threes, I think you're probably in a pretty good spot. I mean, I Seth Curry hasn't, to me, Seth Curry hasn't played well since he's came over from Brooklyn. I mean, he's yeah. suffered some injuries. So to me, I, I think Kyrie has to be the second best player in this series. I, I think it's like I've, I've said it before coming into the postseason. I need 60, 70, 80 points from Katie and Kyrie every night. They're not, they're not winning. Okay. I have a comp for you that I want to run past. I know you like the, like the historical comps here. I think the Celtics remind me a little bit of the early 2010s Pacers teams. Those teams that like pushed the heat all the way in the Eastern finals and didn't quite get there. You got Jason Tatum in the PG role. We know that that's kind of a comp that we've gone back to get all the defense. You know, there were other secondary stars. Jalen Brown gets to be Lance Stevenson here. And Marcus Smart is Lance Stevenson. Let's be real clear. Yeah, you're you're right. right. That's that's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But those were really good teams. Those were like very good, strong teams, but that topped out as like the fourth or fifth best team pushed the champion or finals runner-up to the limit, but ultimately came up just a little short. To me, that's the profile I'm seeing on this Boston team. What do you think about it? I like that comp. And I I think the only difference between that comp is they're not facing a Miami Heat team that can dominate you defensively um, and and really hold you down. They're facing a team that can overwhelm you offensively. So, right. and obviously we knew those Pacers teams, they struggled to score while being able to shut you down defensively, which is exactly like the Celtics team. But I think when you're going up against a defense like the Brooklyn Nets, Tatum can be the best player in the series. Yeah, and uh, just to be clear, I'm not counting the heat. I like your comps. round would be the heat there. Hey, I like your comp. Real quick. Um, this series does not go less than what games? Six. Five. It's going six. Okay. But I mean, Brandon, you just need to be hammered. Like, honestly, if you feel that confident, you just need to be hammering like Celtics minus one and a half and pay the juice on it. I know that you, you're going to mm-hmm. want like the, the other ones, but like just leave yourself open for the game seven. Cause if you, even that way, if you get hit with bad shot variants, you're, you have to be confident in the Celtics winning game seven at home. If, if Brooklyn wins the first two games, or sorry, if, if the Celtics win the first two at home, so it's up to O at that point of the series, what is your most likely series outcome? Um, It's going back to Boston 2-2. Celtics and six. I, I, I just, to, to me, I think the safe play is to play the Celtics minus one thirty because look, if they win game one, they, they win the first two games. You can always come back. 
But I, I like that Celtics minus one third. I think they win the series. You're always going to be able to get out of it. And I, okay, I, well, say, I mean, this is really interesting that, that Brandon is most confident against the Nets. I am least confident against the Nets. That's a little surprising. Let's go to uh, this one. We're going to handle real quickly. I want to talk a little bit more about Sixers Raptors um, Bucks Bulls. Just real. This one's going to take very little. I've done the deep dive on this one already. I cannot find a matchup advantage for the Bulls anywhere. I can't find a single matchup advantage for the Bulls. I can't find anything. Um, the Bulls are bad at defending the rim. The Bucks absolutely hammer them there. The Bulls don't shoot enough threes. You have to shoot threes in order to keep pace. The Bucks allow a lot of threes. The Bulls don't shoot them. Uh, I have bet. I have bet Bucks uh, minus two and a half at minus one seventy. I still think there's a good value at that. I don't want to bet the sweep because I'm worried about uh, a, a gentleman spot in game four in Chicago. I just think that there's a little bit of a concern enough for that. I don't want to mess with that. I'm willing to pay the 70 cents. So the bucks are going to win the series. I don't want to pay the full price. which is minus 1100 for them to win the series. I cannot see Chicago taking more than a game off of them. That's my quick take on this series, Brandon. Yeah. That, my, that's my, my quick take is basically the same. The bulls are two and 21 this season against top four seeds. Yep. Uh, their only two wins came on November 10th and earlier. Giannis, do you guys know when the last time is that that the Bulls lost or the Bulls beat Giannis Antetokounmpo when he actually played? 2017. 2017, the day after Christmas, 2017. That's how long ago it's been. So yeah, I, it's it's Bucks here. Here's my unique angle on this one. Do we agree, gentlemen? We agree on Bucks, I'm sure. We haven't got to Raheem yet, but we agree on the Bucks. The Bucks aren't going to go to seven, right? The absolute worst case is this goes to six. Is do we agree on that? Yeah. Not going to six. Yeah, I don't think it's going to six either. But here's my bet. So we know on on props this year, Joe Dallaire and I have been doing like this escalator prop thing. So I want to do an escalator series prop here. Here's what I got. I'm going to play three angles on this. Bucks minus one and a half is minus 350 at BetMGM. It's not a good number, but like that's, we can't call it free money because who knows, but like what happens for the Bucks not to win in six or better? like Giannis disappears. And even then I'm still not sure if it happens. So you bet 1.75 units at that one. All they have to do is win in six or better. Bucks minus two and a half, the number you said, Matt. I'm going to bet one unit on that. Bucks sweep is plus 270. I want to get the Bucks sweep. I think that is very much in play. I'm not that worried about the gentleman outcome here. So here's what happens. You bet all three of those. I'm betting a half unit on the sweep. Basically, the bet that I placed on the minus one and a half is free rolling my sweep outcome. Like it's, it's paying off the money that I'm putting on the sweep. So if this goes seven or the bulls win, I'm out three units. I lost everything. If it goes six, I lost a unit, but if they win in five, I win a half unit. If they sweep, I'm up plus 2.35 units. Why so I basically, why I'm, I'm, I'm free rolling my chance at a sweep and giving myself a positive outcome on the in five as well. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, why are you giving yourself a spot where you can lose a unit when you know that when you know the outcome? Like what? Like I, I get that you like the big payout. I get that. I understand that that's like your angle, but just like, you know, just pay the 70 cents on the two and a half. Like just just pay the price, Brandon. Just pay the juice. Just put more money in and pay the juice, man. Part of the bet here is paying the minus three fifty. I'm paying both of them here. So if you don't, if you don't want to do that, then why not just Brinks truck the minus three fifty on the Bucks to win in four, five, or six? 
That's at BetMGM. We all agree that that is the absolute worst case outcome. Raheem thinks that is not even an option. So why not just Brinks truck the minus 350, whatever you have to pay, and you're getting free money then. What's that bet specifically? Let me, let me get a sense on that. The Bucks minus 1.5. It's at BetMGM. Number is minus 350. 350. It's the only place I've seen that line at. So all yeah. that has to happen is the Bucks win, not in seven, and you yeah. win the bet. Yeah, I don't know. I like 350 gets tough, right? But I don't think it's bad. I just, it's always hard to like that much juice. But I, then I look at like two and a half and I'm like, it's minus 190, you hedge on game five, right? Like just like a, you put, you, you smatter it. I don't know. Raheem, do you find any sort of like, is there an angle to bet in this or is this series part of what I think? I'm, I'm, I'm betting. Look, I've already bet the series. Look, I, I like the, I, I like the Bucks as a sweep. You can you can you can grab the the, the plus two thirty or whatever it is now. I like the Bucks minus two and a half. You can lay the the one seventy one ninety, like I like those. And then you got to think. Look, the Bucks are laying ten at home. That means they're going to be laying around five or six on the road, which is what they've done consistently in their road games against the Bulls. The, the Bucks have beaten the the Bulls sixteen out of the last seventeen times. Brandon mentioned the last time they beat the, the Bucks with Giannis was in 2017 in December. Now I know this is a different Bulls team, but the only time the Bulls beat them was last year on the last day of the regular season with the Bulls benching everybody. This Bulls team has been a, in a total tailspin. You don't have Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine's banged up. To me, later sweep. If you want to hedge it, maybe you can you can play both the the the, the sweep and the, the five games. But 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 to me, I rather I rather lay lay the sweep, then grab the the minus two um two point five, and then if you get the if they win two games, <laughs> like you lose your bet. But you can always hedge in game because the Bucks are going to be such massive favorites. Yeah, if you want to go, yeah, that's yeah, you're right. They're going to be massive favorites. If you want to go light, I would say bet the sweep. If you want to go heavy, lay the two and a half. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. Lay, lay the two yeah. and a half, and then you could all like they're going to be so, like if the Bucks go down five in the fourth quarter, they're still going to be favorites. Yeah, <laughs> like one, you, uh, you have so many chances to hedge this. One, one other what in game thing I'll be looking for here because you know, like you said, the Bucks are going to be like near double digit favorites on some of these games. So I'm going to play the first half. The Bucks, the Bulls have a bottom 10 net rating in the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter for the season. The only quarter that they're good at is the fourth quarter for the season. We know that's, that's when DeMar comes out and does his, his thing. The Bucks have a like great uh, like top seven or top eight net rating, first quarter, second quarter. So you, we know how they do it. They basically just split the line in half. So I'm going to play the first half for Bucks to just go up big, be the better team, dominate early. And then get out because the Bucks are since February first. Bucks are twenty fifth net rating in third quarter. Mm. So I think I think the Bucks get the lead, get the win, basically wrap it up, and then just stay away. I don't want to see if Demar makes some shots late and they won by eight or ten or whatever. I'll just get the first half and get out. I'll before, say this before, before, before we move on. The only thing, barring any injuries, the only question you're going to have to ask yourself in this series is: Should we be betting the Bulls? First quarter and first half when they go down 0-2 at home. Hmm. That's the only question. Yeah. Well, but here's my problem. We all think this. We're all just like, oh, this is obvious. There's no way. There's no way. This is easy. This is so this is the squarest play imaginable. There is nothing more square than this. Everyone's gonna be on Milwaukee. It's juiced that way. If Chicago yeah. does anything, anything in this series, the books are coming out ahead. That scares the shit out of me. 
like the, there's always something we don't see coming. There's always something we don't see coming. And you know what it often is? It's often the Bucks not hitting fucking open shots. Like yeah. I, I have concerns. Okay. okay? Not fair. based off of the cap, based off of when we look at the, at the, like, the data and the, and when you watch the film and all of that, I get it. Like the, the division teams, right? Bud versus the division. There's all of these things. But you don't even have to hit the open shots against the Bulls. It's like, a, come on in. Here's the rim. Lay yeah. it in there. Go, yeah. go score some points. You don't have I to know. hit the open. I shots. know, I know. I just, I just want it noted on this pod that while I will <laughs> yeah. bet the, I have bet the minus minus two and a half. I am nervous. So you can't I come have back and rip, because you yeah, bet it. You can't no come back and rip victory lap. You've noted it. No victory lap. <laughs> that's fair. No, I'll t- I won't take a victory lap on this okay. one. That's that's, right. that's fine. Right. I'm out on the victory lap. Raptors Sixers. Who boys? This series gonna be a beast. This is going to be a tough one, I think, for both teams. Um, Raheem, this is – I don't know if people know this. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this, but you, you're from Philly. And so I'm <laughs> curious about what you think of this series. Sixers are minus 186 on uh, the spread line. You've got – if I'm looking at uh, DK, uh, the Sixers are – yeah, minus 180 is the consensus here, plus 150 on the Raptors – this is going to be the public, the most public dog in the first round is going to be Raptors. What do you thought? Hey, look, I think the Sixers are starting to become undervalued at this yes. point. And I, I can't yes. believe that I've gotten to this point. But, you know, I've, I've spoken at length about James Hart being what I call Larry Holmes status, washed up. I mean, obviously, he's shooting below 30% from three and like 12 of his 21 games with the Sixers. But this Sixers starting lineup is still a problem. Like they're still one of the best lineups in the league. When you put all five of those guys together, MB, Maxi, Thibault, Hart, and Tobias Harris, you put those guys together and they still can overpower this Raptor starting lineup who really can't score in the half court. Now, I think some of the issues are with obviously Hart and can't beat a switch consistently against some of these long wing defenders. So I'm not interested in playing the Sixers on the series, especially with a lot of Glenn's struggles and adjusting. But I think we we see uh, with a lot of Doc Rivers teams, they tend to come out and they overwhelm you with talent. And as the series goes on and they he, you need to make adjustments, he can't make the adjustments. So I'm going to be playing the Sixers. I know it was minus four. I think it's up to minus five in game one. I really like them in game one. And then I think you can go from there. One of the angles that I see that's popular is that BetMGM actually has, you can bet the Sixers to win game one and the Raptors to win the series. I'm not going to be doing that, but I do like the angle because I, I like, honestly, I think I would prefer to just play it game by game. But if you do like that, you can get that at plus 450. So I'm going to play the Sixers in game one and then kind of move from there. The Sixers, this Raptors offense does not have enough weapons. They don't. They don't have enough shooting. They're 25th in half-court offense. They do not have enough weapons. Their defense is amazing. Nick Nurse is a genius. There's a big coaching edge in this matchup. The Sixers can get points from Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. Even if James Harden has a bad series, fine, fine. Tobias Harris is shooting 37% since All-Star. They have guys. Like, they just have more weapons. It's Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes in his first playoff series, and OG Anobi, who's been real inconsistent this year. They are. They will have to play heavy minutes. They do not have the size to handle Embiid. They'll double him and force turnovers. But here's the problem. If Embiid doesn't turn the ball over, Embiid's probably getting free throws. 
even with playoff officiating, even as good as the Raptors do about controlling the officiating, he's still going to get to the line enough. Like to me, I've already bet this. I've got Sixers minus one and a half uh, in this series at plus 130 at MGM. You can get plus 125 most shops. I'm getting plus money on the Sixers, a three seed to beat the Raptors who were in the play-in until the last two weeks of the season in less than seven games. That to me is enough. I like Sixers minus one and a half here, Brandon. Yeah, I'm. Th- this is the toughest series for me in the first round on, on either side. So I'm probably just going to end up going mostly light here because I don't feel like I have a great feel for it yet. To me, I agree with some of the things you're saying about the Sixers, just the, the talent there. It's like, oh, well, you know, if Harden doesn't do well, well yeah, this is not just a two-man team. Like, what, what if Kyrie doesn't show up for the Nets? Like, Maxi and Tobias are very good players who can do real things on NBA court. And like, like Tobias Harris or Tyrese Maxey would maybe be the best offensive player on the Raptors. At least they would be on some nights. So there's a lot of talent here. The thing that has to worry you, worry you if you are a Sixers fan is you got Doc Rivers up against Nick Nurse and then Eric Spolstra just to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that, that is a big concern. By the way, we're in a pandemic right now. We got Doc versus Nurse. Like that's just, that's just, just, just chef's kiss to me. We, we got, we got Doc and Nurse. So I, I'm excited for the series. I think it's going to go long. I was trying to find like an, an over five and a half games or something, but I haven't seen that out there. By the way, here's a little trivia for you. Raheem, you're probably going to know this since local. These teams have played in the playoffs twice before, both times. They were decided in game seven on a shot at the buzzer. Who are the guys shooting those two shots? Vince Carter. Obviously, he flew from his graduation that day and yep. he got criticized because he missed that shot, which was, you know, stupid as if it had any impact. And then obviously, Kawhi Leonard. Um, and a year where I made a lot of money betting on the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> and Rockford's own Fred Van Vliet made some shots, didn't he, Matt? So, yeah, that was the two. By the way, both of the teams that won that series went on to the finals that year. So if you believe in things like that, that's a good sign here. Mm-hmm. The angle I was looking at a little bit, uh, well, one, one other thing. I want to talk about the Raptors a little bit. So I had numbers a while ago since January 29th. That's when Boston has been 29 and 6. That exact same time span, the Raptors have one fewer win than the Celtics. They have the second most wins in the NBA since January 29th. And the offense has not gotten better. The offense has gotten a a little bit better. They're still 19th, but the defense jumped from 18th on the season to fourth since then. So this improvement has been all in defense. And importantly, in this matchup, they cut their foul rate from not good at all to only the eighth highest in the NBA. So they need to cut the fouls. The other thing that I noticed too, looking at this, I think we're going to get a lot of just like choppy, ugly, close, late games, what happens. And my instinct should be, well, then take the talent. Take James, take Joel. They're going to be able to score late. However, the Raptors in that same time span since February 1st, the Raptors are the number one net rating in the fourth quarter. For the season, the Raptors are top five in the NBA in the fourth quarter. So what happens if these games are close and it's close late? Do you trust the Sixers to close games out? Because that is not what's been happening. They have struggled late. Harden has not been good down the stretch. The Raptors are the team making the plays down the stretch. So that's when the coaching advantage is going to come out big. 
That's when the Raptors have been showing up. Are you worried that the Raptors can win the close games on the series? Either of you worried about that? Yes. Yes. I'm worried about it. Who are you giving the ball to? On which team? On the Raptors. Who are you giving the ball to? I mean, probably Freddie. Just... I think you're giving it to Siakam at this point. I mean, I think Siakam yeah. is like proven to be the yeah, guy. I will say, I, I, I think Siakam and Pascal's has to great. be... Pascal's yeah. great and they don't have a defender for him. Yeah. But my my whole... And like, I think he legitimately is like all NBA worthy. Yeah. I am not like shaking in my boots at Pascal Siakam. I'm just not. No. I don't think the Raptors are shaking their boots too hard at this point. Yeah, exactly. With all the, wing, exactly with all the, with all the, the wing defenders that they have, I just don't think... I think they're content with letting Harden shoot those step back threes. Yeah. That's and I think yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this is a long series. Um, but I do want to stress how much I like the Sixers in game one. Yeah. Like I've spoken, I know this is a meaningless stat, but the, the Raptors have been in the playoffs 12 times since their inception. Okay. And I'm, they lost game, I'm always they lost game them. one every single time, except for once. Look, I'm always wrong on the Raptors. I will, I'll just let you know, like I took a long shot flyer on the Raptors to win the conference. Hmm. Like wow, I had to, I had to, I had to do that. Because yeah. I will not get burned again by the nemesis Fred VanVleet. Um, yeah. But like, uh, I want to let you know. By the way, FanDuel, you can parlay the series win spreads. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you can round robin Sixers minus one and a half, Bucks minus two and a half, Nets minus plus one and a half. You can do that on the series price too. So okay. if you're looking to like, if you look at these series and you're like, well, I just want to bet them to win, but I, I'm paying through the nose. Parlay them and yeah, and, and take the safer option in those. Man. Take the safer option, like the spots where it's like, well, like don't don't do the Brandon thing and go for the aggressive win. Like take the safer one. The aggressive thing is you're parlaying them. You have to have a lot of things go right still. So take the sure bet, but and you're you right. Can, a good player. And you can round robin them in case yes. you get one wrong. True. Yeah, that's the play. What's your last thing on Sixers Raptors? Um. Yeah. So I think if I was going, I'll bet small. But I was looking at seven games you can play, seven game series plus 190 at FanDuel. But here's what I like better Sixers in seven at BetMGM is plus 360. Raptors in seven is plus 650. And you can just basically play both of those, and you're only losing a very small edge. Like you're losing a dime basically on the Sixers winning the series if you split the bet there. So well, I'll say this too if you want to do that, you can hedge that with, um, under six and a half. Well, it's, it's pretty expensive, but under six and a half minus three oh five on yeah, the series. Too much, I think at Bet Rivers. So at least if you like wanted to put yourself in a position for that, uh, yeah. you could also just do. Look, you can just do over five and a half is minus one seventy five. Pay that. Um, oh, I didn't see that. What book is that at? Bet yeah. Rivers has total games okay. played for. Yeah, so I was looking for the over five and a half. I yeah. think that's over. probably my favorite then because I yeah. do think it goes long. Uh, I will say this too. I. I on Philly, I don't like this matchup for them. I'm a little worried about Philly. However, what I surprised myself by is I actually like the Miami matchup next round. So I, I think the most likely outcome, I'm not in on the Sixers, but I think the Sixers maybe win in seven, but then win in five or six the next round. Like I was, that's why I was asking about stage of elimination. I want the Heat to lose in the Eastern semis elimination because I think actually the Heat foul a ton. I think a lot of the things that the Sixers have issues with that they really negate the heat. Well, so that's what I was looking for. You're always looking for the most complicated path. Just bet the Sixers to win the conference and hedge it. Just yeah. bet the, the Sixers to win the conference and hedge it. You're yeah, not going to get a bad price have, on it. You won't. Get I don't think they have any real shot on the Eastern finals though. 
but but that's what i'm saying is like if if you bet the sixers to win the conference and then if it's the bucks you just you're not going to get like a bucks aren't going to be plus minus 250 it's going to be under two i think raheem don't wouldn't you agree in the conference finals yes it's not going to be that crazy and then even i mean there's no guarantee you're allergic you're allergic to paying juice brandon you're just allergic to it I'm, I'm looking for the best angle, and here, here's why I don't want to bet Sixers to win the conference. I don't want to have my money tied up to Harden and Embiid's health for six weeks. We already talked about that before. And if I bet the Heat to lose in the second round, the Raptors could beat the Heat, too. The like that's totally that. okay. in play. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. You got anything else, for Raheem? No, I mean, I, you guys know my angle. I, I like the, the, the Sixers to win game one. And then I think we're going to be looking towards the Raptors. If you want to, if you really want to take the long shot, take the Sixers to win game one, Raptors to win the series. But me personally, I'm going to be taking the Sixers in game one. And then I'm going to be playing it game by game. I do think this is another series similar to Celtics Nets where we could see the Sixers actually go up 2-0. And we're going to find ourselves on the Raptors in the first quarter, first half. Um, so I'm, yes. I'm going to be looking towards that. I like Sixers minus four and a half game one. Uh, I will take Brooklyn plus four in game one. Um, I don't want to bet the 10 with Milwaukee, even though I will, I will say it's the division thing. Like that makes me a little bit nervous. Just like (laughs) that makes me a little bit want to bet Milwaukee because basically Budenholzer versus division teams as a double digit favorite is ungodly. He is just like lights burning through your soul. Ungodly. So I, I, what I will probably do is I will probably same game parlay it with an alternate line. I will probably do like a Giannis prop points and like try and get bucks down to seven and a half. And then I'll take Milwaukee. Yeah. I was going to say two on points. I, I love Embiid points overs here. I think the move if you're Toronto is to just stay on Harden, stay home on the shooters and be like, go ahead, Joel, beat us by yourself. That's the move. So I, and I don't think that they really have an answer to it. So I'm looking for Embiid point props per game looking for like, you know, you can bet who's going to lead this series in scoring, who's going to lead the first round in scoring. I think Embiid's going to score a ton, and that, that that might kind of play right into what Toronto's game planning. I'm going to look that up while we're here. Before we go, uh, the Sixers series should have a – yep, total point score. Yeah, Embiid's minus 500 to be top point score. Yeah, the, this yeah is knowing the series, that, it's, it's not the, great in the series, but you the, can bet the, it like for the first round, I think. The top the, the top point scorers, you just can't get, get value on any of these. Yeah. I looked at them. Yeah. I, you just can't. Maybe second round you can find a better one. You just can't find one. The only one that you might be able to find is like is maybe you can get Tatum. That might be the only thing that you can really take is if you're just like the depth defense sucks, which I've said all year and somehow I'm not taking it right now. But um, that's going to do it. All right. So Brandon likes Celtics. Brandon likes – doesn't want anything to do with Sixers Raptors. Brandon likes Bucks. Uh, I like Bucks, I like Sixers, and I like Nets. Raheem likes Celtics. Raheem <laughs> likes Sixers. Raheem likes Bucks. So the I don't. I, I didn't necessarily. I didn't say I like the Sixers. I, I said I don't have. I like the Sixers in Game One, and then we are gonna kind of approach it from there. I like the Celtics, and then I like the Bucks. You're still. You're not willing oh. to bet the Sixers with me. But I'm Matt is. I'm, Matt is I'm strongest to... on the Sixers. I am strongest on the Celtics. That I think that's where we came yeah. out here. Yeah. 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 I, I I wish we had closing head coaches <laughs> like can we get like <laughs> i mean can we get glenn to open a series and then lou to close it like come on <laughs> just get glenn until you go up three one and then lou once you go down three one it's perfect yeah and then 
And then, and then Lou will replace Paul Reed and when he should go back to big and cost Raheem a lot of money. All right, it's got to wrap it up for buckets. We'll be back tomorrow with the Western Conference preview. If you're wondering about the 1-8, we'll cover that on Friday. We do not know who's going to be in the 1-8. We won't know then, but at least we'll be down to two teams. We're recording this on Wednesday, so we're going to wait till Friday and we'll talk about the 1-8 matchups in both conference. Tomorrow, we'll do the Western Conference. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets. <laughs>